Welcome to Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic, where we promote integration and collaboration. Whether you are just starting your practice or you are ready to push the profession forward, we aim to provide you all the tools necessary to form relationships and educate your community. After all, spines of all sizes deserve to be adjusted. Welcome to our podcast and thanks for listening. Hey guys, this is Dr. Katie with Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic. And in this podcast episode, I want to talk a little bit more about what may happen to you when you first start out in animal chiropractic practice. I think very often we get out of the program and there aren't very many associate positions and or mentors that are there to guide us. And for that reason, you have all the knowledge getting out, but you may not have all the experience. So you may run into uh, what I ran into, which is a lot of self-doubt where you have these frustrating cases where you just don't know if chiropractic is enough. And I want to talk a little bit more about why that could be and why you shouldn't necessarily blame yourself for when these things happen. But first, a quick word from our sponsors, iPoint Touch. You get up early each morning, you leave your house because you have a passion in your heart to serve the animals in your community. But it's not easy being an entrepreneur. You didn't dream about this life full of stress. When you come home, you should be at home. When you're at work, you should be at work. You shouldn't have to come home and work. You know, your passion keeps you focused on the next patient. You know, there are so many more stories of healing and you can't wait to get started touching lives and meeting new owners. But, you know, there's not all those endless hours for you to do that admin work. So iPoint Touch understands the passion um, and they want to help create solutions for you. So that way you can make the impossible possible and you can spend time touching lives and not spending endless hours doing admin work. To learn, learn a little bit more about their systems for integrative veterinary medicine, go to iPointTouch.com and schedule a time with Carmi. She's going to give you the attention you deserve, offer a guiding hand, and decrease your stress so that way you can focus on what's important. Hey guys, so this week we're going to talk in this podcast about when we may think chiropractic is not enough. And I think it's silly that this is even an issue that I'm going to be talking about, but I've had a frustrating week where just my patients aren't getting better. And I think it's my fault, right? Because as a doctor, we do everything possible to make our patients better. And chiropractors know this, right? That if we don't take a 10 out of 10 patient down to 2 out of 10 pain in one day, I'm doing something wrong right? We totally forget that the body's not like Amazon Prime. It doesn't get better in a week or, you know, less than three days. Um, And we forget also that, you know, when people do research studies nowadays, it's statistically uh, relevant if you get 30% improvement. So if I take a 10 out of 10 patient down to 7 out of 10 pain, um, that is a big win according to research. Um, And for chiropractors, we're like, oh, that's that's not a very good outcome. You know, why why can't you go from ten to a to at least a five or a six, right? And uh, we beat ourselves up if we don't get those results for patients. And I just think it's kind of funny um, because most chiropractors get into chiropractic because they've had pain and they know how effective it is. Like me, for example, I've had two very serious head injuries, probably herniated at least one or two discs in my back. And uh, I think it's funny when people are like, you're a 28 year old doctor. Okay, you've probably never had pain before. Um, And here I am, you know, a walking testament to chiropractic and many chiropractors are the same way. And um, then we turn into a chiropractor ourselves and we forget that, oh, you know, chiropractic does work, you know. Um, We think it's, um, you know, us that doesn't work, 
for chiropractic. Um, so I don't want you to get into a headspace where your self-confidence is impacted because chiropractic does work and it works for a lot of patients. Like eight out of 10 patients, you can help them in some way, shape or form with the adjustment. However, there's those two out of 10 patients out of those, um, you know, people that you're serving that may not get better or may need other stuff. And I want to use this podcast episode this week to talk a little bit more about that demographic because I don't want you to beat yourself up. I don't want you to think that it's your fault. And I don't want you to get discouraged thinking that chiropractic doesn't work because there are other factors that come into play when, um, you know, you're learning, really. You know, you're getting out into animal chiropractic practice. There's not really any associate positions, at least that I found. There's not very many mentors because not many people are doing this. So you get out into animal chiropractic practice with all the knowledge, but like little to no experience. So it's daunting for sure because you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm passionate and other people tell me it works, right? At least that was me. That's how I felt. And um, I just want you to know it's okay to not have a lot of confidence. And I want you to know it's okay that maybe not every patient's getting better as much as you want. But I also want to tell you that it's not always your fault if that happens. So, for example, when you're treating horses... You may run into the situation where you're like, "Ah, that was a great adjustment. Everything moved perfectly. That horse felt great after their adjustment. And the owner calls you the next week and says, "Ugh, my horse isn't any better. And you're like, what? Like, that was a great adjustment. I I know that I helped that horse, right? However, horses are athletes. I like to liken horses to like NASCAR, right? They're going around doing all this heavy work and then they need to make a pit stop and have a whole crew take care of them. Like in NASCAR pit crew, there's like one guy doing the tires, one guy changing the oil and like all these other guys doing all these other things, all these specialists working together for the benefit of the whole, the athlete, you know, who's driving the car, right? Um, They're taking care of the whole car, right? Each person's doing their piece. So if you're taking care of the horse and the owner blames you that he's not 100% better, what about all the other stuff? Who's talking about, you know, the feet? If the horse has a club foot and you adjust it, but they don't get a good farrier, yeah, the adjustment's not going to hold. If you give a great adjustment, but you don't check the teeth and the float's really bad, they've never had a float done and the horse is 17, well, yeah, the adjustment's not going to hold. They're going to have chronic TMJ and pole problems, right? Or say you have a horse that you adjust and the owner puts an ill-fitted saddle on it and then goes and rides in, you know, maybe a barrel race the next day. Well, yeah, the adjustment isn't going to hold because you put in, put on ill-fitting equipment and or you went back to the aggravating activity too quickly. I don't want you to beat yourself up because there's so many variables that come into play, especially when you go into working on athletes. And I personally have shadowed animal chiropractors that say a horse had a really bad club foot and the chiropractor looked at it and said, I'm not going to adjust your horse today. And the owner was upset, but I think it was the best decision to say, no, I'm not going to adjust your horse. And the reason I say that is because the chiropractor knew if they adjusted the horse, yes, they would help, but they wouldn't help enough for the owner to know that there's a benefit. So they would blame chiropractic and think it didn't work. 
So I want you to let that sink in. Don't adjust a patient. If you think chiropractic is going to be blamed and the owner's going to think that chiropractic didn't work. And um, especially if you have a, I don't want to say high maintenance, but a very demanding client who wants results quickly, they want it done right, don't take on a case that you know you can't make you know a significant difference. You're going to help the patient with a club foot feel better if you adjust them, yes. However, long term, if we never get a farrier involved, that patient's never going to get full resolution of their complaint. Or if you have a horse with an ill-fitted saddle and you never address the ill-fitting saddle, you're just going to be constantly putting a Band-Aid on a gaping wound. It's never going to get full resolution of its complaint. And it is not your fault that the owner is not listening to you because you hopefully are looking at these things, right? Of course, you should always partner with a vet and say, hey, this is what I found um, and this is what I recommended to the owner. So hopefully they're in the loop and they're all working together, um, you know, like that NASCAR pit crew, um, in order to benefit that patient, that athlete. Um, you know, games are not won by yards. They're won by inches. And those inches are won by the all these specialists working together for the benefit of the patient. And um, just don't take uh, care of a patient that you know the owner is looking for more results than you can actually get. That, that's just, when you're working on horses, that's just probably my, my, my pearl of the day. Just don't do it. Um, and then secondarily, um, when you're working on small animal, I've had a frustrating week personally. I've had a handful of cases that aren't resolving as fast as I would like them to personally. Um, professionally, I've seen that most pets start feeling better. And as soon as like three to five visits, like I beat myself up if I'm not 60 to 75% better in three visits. And that may be unrealistic, especially for older senior dogs. However, um, if an owner doesn't follow my recommendations, um, we're not going to get full benefit. So say, for example, this pet I had this week, this dog has a severe acute disc in his lower neck. And I told the owner... Okay, you have to go home. You have to put an inflatable neck cone on your dog. You have to crate rest him and you can't take him to work with you because he's going to get excited. He's going to whip his head around and it's going to re-irritate that disc. The owner didn't follow my recommendations. Is also not following their vet's recommendations of anti-inflammatories and pain medication. So lo and behold, four visits later, he's not getting any better. And the owner is frustrated. I don't want to take on that frustration because mentally and emotionally, I know it is not my fault that pet is not getting any better. Um, am I blaming the owner? I mean, maybe a little. However, I don't need to blame myself for that bad outcome. And I can only do my best on every patient in order to get the best result. And I want you to realize that chiropractic, if you do everything right, it usually works right? However, you are going to get people where it's not going to work as much as, as you expect it to. And you need to document that in your notation um, because you don't want other people, especially veterinarians who know nothing about chiropractic, to think it doesn't work. And um, a lot of small animal cases, unfortunately, go like that for me because I get these older dogs who the owner hasn't taken care of their animal as much as they need to. I get to them when they're really acute, when I maybe should have seen them four or five years ago, and then I'm dealing with this huge honking mess 
of a spine and they're like, can you get it better in like two visits? <laughs> and I'm peeling away layers of the onion and I'm just like, well, what about their nutrition? What about their home environment? What about, you know, the harness or leash you're walking them in? And maybe their nail length. Oh my gosh. You know, people that never trim their dog's toenails, you are fighting an uphill battle working on these senior dogs um, because there's so many other factors that come into play when we're trying to make a body heal. And the adjustment helps a lot of that. It restores the brain to body communication and the brain is such an amazing organ in its capacity to heal. However, there is limitations to matter. We know this. Like, if a, if a bone's broken, a bone's broken. I can't adjust that away. If a ligament's torn, I can't adjust that away. I've had patients who are like, I my dog has CCL pain and I don't want to do surgery. And I'm like, I'm sorry. It's torn. You got to do surgery. Um, so I'm that chiropractor, right, who um, realizes there's limitations to matter and there's limitations to how much I can do for a patient if owner doesn't follow my recommendations, if I don't take ergonomics into account, if I don't look at these other things that need to be addressed, I am not going to let a patient's bad outcome that is not my responsibility influence my ability to take care of other patients in the future. And just getting out, you're going to blame yourself for everything. You're going to say, oh, it's my fault. I should have reiterated it. And yes, a part of you should always want to do better for your next patient. Yes, absolutely. You should always take each patient and learn from it and learn how to serve better in the future. However, do not get discouraged when you have these animal owners that may have unrealistic expectations and are not following your recommendations because it's going to happen and you're going to get frustrated and you're going to think that you are not worthy of doing animal chiropractic and it's just not true. It's just not true. So with that being said, um, I want you to go into this week uplifted and uh, do your best to look over patients thoroughly and make recommendations appropriately um, so that way the patient gets the best care. They need a referral, they need a referral. Send them out to a different provider who's going to take great care of them. Um, But do your best with what you have. Tell the owner to have realistic expectations and hopefully, um, you know, encourage them to follow your recommendations so the pet can get the very best care because we are their advocates. Sometimes owner gets forgetful. Sometimes owner you know, may see that pet as property. And it's our responsibility to see, you know, the soul underneath that and advocate for them because they can't talk to us. They can't tell us where they hurt, when they hurt, how they hurt. And it's important that we advocate always for our patients to make sure that they get the very best care. Uh, Four legs, two legs, tail, hooves, whatever it may be. It's our job to take care of them. So this is Dr. K with Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic. Uh, this is a little bit deeper of a podcast, a little bit more emotional than maybe I wanted to do. Uh, but I think it's important to uh, talk about what's important to me. And uh, that being said, I want to talk about what's important to you as well. You know, you uh, New Docs in Practice, this uh, podcast is tailored to you. So please interact with me on Instagram or Facebook at Making Strides for Animal Cairo. Let me know what I can talk about to help you, help uh, serve you and your patients. Um, And let me know how I can help you grow your practice because that's the ultimate goal. I want you seeing more animal patients so that way we can, you know, get more spines adjusted. So until next time, we'll talk soon. Hey guys, Dr. Katie here. Thanks for listening. 
My intention behind starting this podcast was to build awareness and promote our amazing profession. If you like what we're doing here, please like, share, or leave a review. Help us to spread this movement so we all can begin to take steps towards change. Let's make strides for animal chiropractic.